0: We've never seen a perfect marriage,
1: but we have seen marriages that are full of laughter and life,
0: conflict and misunderstandings, growth and hope. We want to dive into the nuts and bolts of those relationships.
1: There are no experts here, just real talk with real couples who really like each other.
0: This is Marriage Lab with Erin and Jenna. Welcome to Mirror's Lab. Whoa, did not see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> this is Aaron.
1: And um, this is his beautiful, stunning wife,
0: mm-hmm. Jenna. I noticed your abs the other day. Oh! Actually, no, earlier yes. tonight I was like dang <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do. I've been doing um five minutes of abs for September. I found this girl that like actually it's really funny. She's like
0: this all and it's crazy. All you have to do is five minutes in the whole month of September. Period. Just that's every it. day, it's like tw- 15 <laughs> seconds, maybe a day. It's um, oh It's gosh. incredible. You're jerk.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> I sounded like a valley Yeah, jerk. Yeah,
0: jerk. Jeremy. Oh
1: my gosh. Anyways, <laughs> this girl does crazy moves. The one that I've been the YouTube girl that I've been following. So I just I realized early on that like. I have to have a backup plan. So when she does some crazy acrobatic thing...
0: This is for abs? Yeah, She does that. An I acrobatic can't do. thing for abs? She does things that I physically... She's not like laying on the ground and doing sit-ups?
1: No, no. She'll like v out her arms and then sit up and clap between her legs and twist while she lifts them up in the air <laughs> i'm not even kidding i sweat every morning doing the five nice. minutes of apps that being said so when i can't do them i always have a backup plan that i do uh bicycles <laughs> like you know like crunches oh, while you yeah, bicycle yeah. And it's actually super helpful because um i don't know contingency plans in general has been a big part of what i've learned for longevity in my habits. Contingency so, plans. Like having, if I can't do it or if something goes awry out of my control, what am I going to do that's a version of my habit? Rather oh, than rather past, than just going, oh, didn't work. Yeah, almost like being powerless. Like I can't do it now because my original one plan, right? ideal situation. I think just in parenthood, you're like, what day is this plan? <laughs> 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 Today true. I had all three kids at home sick.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Wesley puked all over the floor. It was awful.
1: It was funny because I had my a habit class. So I got home right after Aaron cleaned it up, and I was. Like, I was
0: like, you know what? You said you. I thought you were going to be home by seven. He puked at like seven ten, and I was like, <laughs> any minute now she's going to get home, and at least find me on the floor scooping up chunks. But, <laughs> but nope.
1: I was talking to your sister a little bit after class, and then I came home.
0: Worth it. No, it was. Uh, he, you know it was so sweet as I'm as I'm cleaning up puke. Audrey is like the, all the kids are on our bed watching. A nature show and I'm cleaning up the puke on the floor and Audrey's like daddy I'm so sorry you have to clean up that puke I was like thanks and then she said another oh gosh I'm so sorry that you have to do that and I felt so loved I was (laughs) like oh my gosh she like as a kid has this empathy recognizing that this is something that somebody's got to do and that somebody is me
1: (laughs) it's actually that's one of the things so she has big emotions and that has helped me have a grace for, cause I, early on I was like, Jesus, like I need to know what this is going to mature into so that I can parent it mm-hmm. with like, not bitterness, but grace. I mean like with, with you, grace. Yeah. Almost like knowing like it will mature into a strength. And then anyways, he just was like, it's empathy. Like if she can have big emotions, she's going to be able to big empathize with people too. And then watching that be so true mm-hmm. has really, has really helped me be like, okay, this is like, I get the pull, the honor, of helping you learn to navigate your emotions because I know this is a strength rather than just, I wish you didn't have it.
0: (laughs) You know, I was, uh, so my book is coming out.
1: Yes. It's
0: October 30th.
1: Okay, I'm truly, that was just genuine excitement. If we were next to each other without microphones, I would have been that happy. I I
0: appreciate it. Um, So the reason I bring up writing the book is because as I was writing this portion, I was starting to get the revelation that David killed Goliath and that's really what set him up to become king even though he was anointed king long before that. So there's times in our life when uh, we feel the call of God and we're like, oh, this is what I meant to do. Or like, maybe we have vision for something, dream for something. And, then all suddenly there's a giant in our way, and it really is uh, even though you're called, you still have to kill the giant in order to get to the next phase. Yeah. And even the Israelites going to the promised land, like it was promised, it's called the land that was promised to them, yeah. and they had to kill giants to get in. And so, for uh, that makes me think of with Audrey, um, like this is something, a part of what she's called to do Mm -hmm. is to be able to relate to people on such deep levels and feel what they feel and have compassion in a way that other people just normally don't. But one of the giants in that way is learning how to be able to manage the big emotions that she's able to feel. Mm. So it's, yeah. And you're, unfortunately, you're the one who has to kill that giant. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, why? well... Because I'm with her more? Oh, yeah, because you, uh, there's no way for her to learn that on her own.
1: Oh, I thought you meant me versus you. And I was like, oh, oh no, oh, sorry. I'm, he- I'm just hearing this now. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. My, no.
0: Sorry, that one's going to be you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was like, wait, but you're the one with big emotions. So I thought you could help me with this
0: situation. I haven't learned how to do that yet. <laughs>
1: Is you Abby other? Great so
0: okay, we got off to we are a little bit of a rabbit trail, it was good, but um contingency we about, plans yeah. because I sex. was thinking about how, yes, well, <laughs> we haven't quite got there yet. Well, oh, the, I was like, Wait, that's a spoiler alert? <laughs> um so I i was it's just not gonna
1: happen while we're on the podcast, just to let you know. <laughs> right now.
0: Oh gosh. Um how I had like great aspirations of working out in the morning or doing things like that and even five minutes will feel so daunting when all I want to do is sit and so then I've just given up on the exercise portion mm. whereas what you're saying is oh you don't have to do that because you can iterate yeah is yeah essentially so to pull it all back it's
1: funny because I sometimes have to minimize my exercise so that I get to be other city. Sitting- <laughs> because <laughs> i'm like ah sitting so more recently i've been meandering around my neighborhood at, in the dark to do my <laughs>
0: meandering that sounds so weird i really Taking don't look up walk? sometimes
1: no sometimes i don't look up and i'm like what's to my head because i'm doing my aspirations oh, and on my journey yeah while i'm walking because i was just trying to get to the point that mm. movement is more fun and engaging for me than sitting so i'm like oh i oh, could walk so and do this instead of having to sit in my cozy backyard
0: <laughs> so tell me about your little your morning routine that you have that's kind of uh it's the stuff you've been like telling me about that you've been getting out of this has been uh incredible
1: yeah it's interesting so in my habit lab we just did we like in your what pitched, sorry i have a habit lab mastery course it's week two and this is the week that i introduced it to them so like it made me it's interesting how i've been doing it since like july it's kind of like i read miracle morning and iterated off of what some of his components um And then made it my own, saw what was most impactful, and then made it an atomic habit. So it's like 15 minutes or less. And anyways, so as I was teaching the class, it made me dig into why I think it's been so impactful for me. So I start with, it's the acronym is SPARE. S-P-A-R-E.
0: Sorry, just in case you were about to spell it wrong. (laughs) don't know why i took over i mean
1: that's that's not unheard of so stillness which is like a minute of breath work and then um picturing planning my day that's usually where i like actually go through my day but i'm gonna more talk about i was wanting to talk more about the The aspiration part yeah the a
0: r is reading e is exercise mm -hmm. so So,
1: spoiler alert wow so many on this podcast people's minds are getting blown bruce Um,
0: willis dies at the end of (laughs) What? Armageddon. I was like, all of them? <laughs> That's actually a spoiler. I was in Blockbuster in like 1999 when af- right after I saw Armageddon in theaters. And I was telling the person I was with, I was like, and Bruce Willis dies at the end. And everyone in line was like, oh! oh that was man. the first time I learned what a spoiler alert was.
1: <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Anyways. And you, your adult self would have been so annoyed at oh, your yes, child it would self. have been. You're like, kid, get out of here.
0: So the A. A
1: of aspirations. Um, It's turned into like me mainly digging at into pain or high emotions that I felt and ex- figuring out why I felt them and then turning them into like, okay, what do I want to do with them? So that's the aspirations is like figuring out, starts with an emotion or pain and then figuring out like, why is it there? And then who do I want to be known as? Like, Because usually okay. there's like a belief behind the pain and some underlying um identity thing mm-hmm. that has made me have a bigger reaction than the, the logistics maybe call for it, if you will but um what I, I'll, you can ask me more questions but mm-hmm. what's been cool about it is that i realized it's made me stay current with my pain in a way that mm. i was processing too i was like okay we all have these like m- so many of our friends and in narcissist like environment have taken courses have read books about emotion intelligence like podcasts so we have a lot of information but the difference for me in the last like three or four months is making five to ten minutes of uh, carving out the time every day to do it Mm. to use the tools to actually process and then it's not
0: just use them in a reactionary way like when you're triggered or
1: yeah so i've been able to bring things to you so much more soft and vulnerable because i get to what i'm feeling emotionally wise first Mm. and then even processing um it's been interesting because then when i'm almost like caught up with my pain i then would preemptively think about what i'm going to do that day that's part of the picturing or the next couple days and process like the anticipation of like oh i feel really afraid of that or that's making me anxious or this might be a little tricky and then the cool part is doing that in advance then when I get there and feel it, I'm like, oh yeah, I knew I was gonna feel this. What oh. and I get to choose what I'm gonna do because I'm not surprised in the moment and have to choose or re- or and react. Yeah. I've actually pre-thought this out and can kind of more um regulatedly choose a response. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, that's right. Instead of reacting, I get to choose my response because it's not the first time this has happened. Right. So it's been so helpful in motherhood, friendship as a daughter mm. with you and you actually, one of the big things you taught me, um, I don't remember how many months ago, you should talk more about um, internal family systems. Cause that was a mm-hmm. big helpful discovery when you explained, yeah, you explain it.
0: Well, can you tell me, just start off by explaining what you got from it. Okay. Now. What
1: I heard you talk about was how often we like hate parts of ourselves that mm. we can't grow out of. So like either pattern thought patterns or habits or um, things. And we, almost like shame, hatred, disown those parts, and we get really mad almost that we yeah. can't kick them out, kind of. So for me, one of them, just kind of more shallowly, I realized in the last like couple weeks was procrastination. And oh. in the past, I would have just either been angry because I know better or should know better or mm-hmm. um, shame about all the incidences, incidences in the past that I have used procrastination and whatever. But instead, when you were telling, when you've, the, Nuggets that i've caught about internal family systems and realize like oh Procrastination actually like has served me on Mm -hmm. some function when I was younger And it's a protector So me hating part of myself or being annoyed or like shaming is actually unhelpful because at some part Sometime in my life I put it in that role and I needed it. Yeah, so maybe I don't need it anymore. But the idea of being mad, mad shame angry contemptful does not contemptful, full of contempt. Yeah, uh, does is it helpful mm. in the process of actually being curious about it? And.
0: Yeah, that's good. So yeah, so the basic premise of internal family system, systems created by Doctor Dick Schwartz. Uh, <laughs> that name for real life, Richard. But yeah, that's a yeah, Dick is a normal name. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Schwartz though. Schwartz? Yeah, he's married <laughs> okay. to Vagina Schwartz. Oh my so. gosh, I, I could only be. So <laughs> anyway, lucky. sorry, Dick. Um, uh so the the idea he i'll start with the basic premise of it which is that we all have parts of ourselves um the more exacerbated hype like exaggerated or not exaggerated intense aspect of our parts coming out would be um identity dissociative disorder which would be like multiple personalities um but we all have multiple personalities so this is like scripturally this is where paul says I do the thing that I don't want to do, and the thing that I don't want to do, I do. And so there's something inside of me that is going against me. Um, and essentially, we use this language all the time. There's part of me that wants to do this. There's part mm. of me that doesn't want to do this. I think you posted recently about Rosie going like, hey, which which one of these do you want to do? What was that?
1: Oh, yeah, about going to church. She's like, I kind of want to, and I kind of don't want to. And then I was like, oh, what's happening there? Trying to be like this good. Yeah, mom tell me moment. more yeah. about that. She's and she was like, "I don't know what else to tell you, mom. I kind of do, and I kind of don't." Yeah. <laughs> she walked. She like gave me the shoulder shrug, like it was absurd that I'd ask more. Like, what did I just say? I told you what I told you.
0: Yeah, and so we ha- all we use this language a lot. Part of me feels this way. Part of me feels this, feels this way. And the reality is, there are many parts of you, um, and these are uh, these are just aspects of your personality. Um, well, some of those parts take on, uh, they become burdened with roles that um, they weren't really ever meant to live uh, to take on. And so some of these burdened parts of us uh, take on roles when we get hurt, when we experience trauma, when we experience pain, um, and they become protectors because this is part of our Basic implicit neurobiology will, uh, we will learn something emotionally. And then, in an effort to uh, not experience the pain again in the future, uh, we will go, Oh, I'm never going to do this. I'm always going to do this. Or this is how I will react, even on a subconscious level. So that's Which the most of this. That's the basic basis of our triggers. Um, our, our triggers, uh, Lord Duncan would say, our triggered self. Um, and so. His uh, premise is that you have you can categorize your protector parts. Um. Uh. Like, there's two categories of protectors. There's managers who keep you from feeling pain, and there's firefighters who try to extinguish the pain. Mm. Um. Your managers would be a lot of times the parts of you that are uh, perfectionists, the parts of you that, um, uh, probably the procrastinator. Like, let's stay away from. Let's. I don't want you to experience the pain of. As you discovered as you were reading to me this morning, the pain of uh, making a mistake by jumping into something that you don't feel ready for. Mm. Um, it would be the more religious side of us that has to do certain things. It's the all or nothing mentality. And then your firefighters are more of the, um, the more addictive side, mm-hmm. uh, the, the side that will cram a bunch of food and you're like, when you're feeling pain, it's like, stop the pain now. And that's the one that tends to show up in the more, uh, socially unacceptable ways. Mm-hmm. Um, the managers are the, The ones that are usually very acceptable, which is why they tend to go unnoticed for most of our lives, and are even praised by the people that we work with, or the people at our church, or the people—people pleasing. The people pleasing, exactly. I was like, that was one of mine for sure. And so, the idea that um, uh, Dr. Schwartz wrote this book called "No Bad Parts," and his besides just coming realizing how to uh, that there are different parts in us, the main idea is that these parts are not bad. There is no part of us that is bad, and when we treat it as if it's bad, um, we make it, uh, we one, build its resilience against us, but then we also, Mm -hmm. or we make it go into hiding. So it's called internal family systems because he was a family therapist, uh, family systems therapist. So he would have families in his office a lot of times early on in his career. And you learn family dynamics. You learn how, who the scapegoat is. They all take on a different role within the family. There's the scapegoat. There's the troublemaker. There's uh you know, the, the, the perfect one, the golden child. Um, and so each member plays a role, but he also would see how, um, two of them would gang up together against another one, or they'd give each other this knowing look, or like how the system of the family interacts together to create dysfunction or function. And so he goes, Oh, the same thing is true inside of us. So we have the, a couple of these manager roles that they, there's a system with how they work. Like my, my self, my perfectionist um, manager protector would want to keep me from. Looking dumb wants to keep me Mm. from um, feeling like a failure because there's another part of me uh, that is full, that acts quickly and swiftly with shame. And so that part of me is quickly goes, Hey, in order to not do this dumb thing again, um, you need to feel, uh, you need Mm. to recognize how stupid you actually were for doing it um, and how. You know, just how bad you are. And so, and then I have these parts working together to make sure that I don't, that I, my firefighters, you know, don't show up and do something with porn or, um, some other unwanted behavior. So, uh, the idea is that we don't shame them, we actually get to know them. And so he actually takes you through visual practices of closing your eyes and going, Hey, uh, let's talk to, imagine your shame, the part that, uh, of you that, uh, influences you with shame. Uh, let's talk to that part. So you start talking to shame. And the, I, the, the basic idea is you get to know it. You get to know what it's protecting because if you stop treating it like a bad guy and start interviewing it, you'll find out there's value there. There's value that this person, this part of you is actually trying to protect you. So we're not going to demonize it. We're going to accept and go, oh, thank you so much for what you're trying to do. Because just like a parent, if they start uh, shaming a kid or getting angry at the kid for the role that they're playing in the family, the kid will retreat. Mm -hmm. Um, But the kid will continue to act out. And so it's not like it it actually makes the kid better.
1: It's funny because the manager being overburdened, I actually think of like... Because I've been under managers, like a Walmart manager or something, who has way too much, isn't getting paid enough, is stressed out, therefore kind of bitter and, like, snaps quickly. But the idea of, like, oh, like, you're being asked to do three people's jobs for one person's salary and you're working 80 Mm -hmm. hours. Like, of course, like, that makes sense how you got there. Of
0: course. Yeah,
1: like, of course. So That's actually been helpful of a mental image of, like, why I'm not just mad at this. And I Mm. I don't go quite as much talking to it, I just think of like the role it played and not thinking of yeah, it. The, like the big oh.
0: idea is to not be contempt, like, uh, treat it with contempt.
1: Totally. And then just think of it like, Oh, you're, you're trying, you're trying to serve a spot that you actually can't ever, or, or aren't meant to yeah. and do too much. So like, instead of being mad at myself, be like, Oh, I, I'm going to, take you out of that. Cause that's just not best for you or me. So yeah. let's not really, let's relieve you of your role.
0: Yeah. That's the idea is you want to like through kindness and compassion, um, relieve the protector of their role. And a lot of times the protector is protecting one other part that he identifies called the exile. And the exile is the part that's been so hurt in the past. And so, um, you're, you know, the, not making a mistake, the one that the procrastinator who doesn't want to make mistakes and therefore doesn't want to do this thing that he's not ready to do, she's not ready to do, uh, is protecting a little girl who was punished for mistakes and so mm. um and who is still in there and scared of doing that and so the it's not just relieving the protector of the role because the protectors sometimes won't put down the guard until mm. they know the exile is safe
1: and I think uh, to me. That was almost like too much at once for me to get when I was doing self-talk to myself. So just the idea of like when I encounter something that I used to just shame or like mm. judge to just be kind and think of it being like serving a role that it wasn't meant to yeah. figure out what it's there for. And, and then actually, can I read? Yeah, one of please. My, okay, let's, let's see if I have the picture for my journal.
0: One other thing that I'll say about this is that um, you do have a, quote, true self in you, um, mm. the part of you that is like the the deepest core of who you are. Uh, and you what you want to do is help the protectors uh, understand that you actually can lead yourself well, so they don't oh, have yeah. to, he calls it blending, where the protector will take over, and that's when you start acting crazy, you know, like any person, because their protector part has blended with the true self and has taken over. So you want to be able to go, thanks for, like, I'll take something that you have to say. And actually that part has a role to play, but I'm going to make the decisions and that you can actually trust me to lead. You can trust me to, uh, that's
1: so funny. I don't know if I heard you say that, but that's totally where I went with mm. a lot of my things. But, um, even to the, I've noticed, so, you know, the the triggered, what is it called? The trauma responses, Mm -hmm. flight, Fight, freeze, and fawn mine mm-hmm. was fawn. Mm-hmm. that was the most I would do, which would it would look like I would almost ingratiate myself if I could apologize enough mm-hmm. or take the blame all of it a hundred percent of it, then. The other person wouldn't be mad at me and then my shame would quiet and mm. like the mistake. So I, since I was in like literally first grade, I remember getting my report card that I would say this, one of the ways that was most obvious that it would manifest would me be going, sorry, sorry, sorry. Or, oh my gosh, sorry. And I remember uh, my whole life I've just gotten the feedback of like, hey, stop, it's not your fault. And it was um literally my whole life. And I remember being in my late twenties and a mom of two and someone pointed out once again, I was like internally in my car. I was like, if I knew how to get rid of this, I would have stopped years ago. Like it's not simply knowing, you know, it's not an action. It's not just quitting an action. It was mm-hmm. serving some kind of role. But then the interesting thing as I've been um part of that was tied with my fawning was like being super uncomfortable when I made a mistake and like uh-huh. shame would yeah. drown me. I'd almost feel like suffocated with like I should have mm. anticipated this, all the things. But now as I've been okay, like when I do or don't make mistakes, I can actually sit in it and mm-hmm. like recognize it. Cre- it almost feels like, I don't know, like it creeping up, like almost like my a vomit. <laughs> so, like, mm-hmm. I can feel it rising. I'm like, oh, okay, I did this for years and years. I know that feeling, but I'm okay. I did mm-hmm. make a mistake, but I'm not like, I'm not going to almost like wh- wh- whip myself yeah. too. And then realizing on some level too, like when I used to do that, If I did hurt someone's feelings, it then became about me and not about them. But it's just been cool. My point is I felt more being able to stay in myself and not get out of whack with my triggers as I've been sorting through. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I feel like it could actually manage me. I'm not Mm. like just reacting.
0: You can actually lead yourself. Yeah. 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 I guess that's what
1: I said. Okay. So my little journal about procrastination. This was
0: the aspiration part of this morning?
1: Yeah. Uh, Not this morning, but a couple couple weeks ago. um, I'm learning to become the kind of person who doesn't procrastinate. That's one of the things um, someone taught me recently was bridge statements. So Mm -hmm. like for me, I realized like me just saying the opposite of I don't procrastinate isn't true. So it actually doesn't connect with emotion. So that's one of the reasons declarations wouldn't didn't used to really work for me is because mm. I'm like, I'm just, this isn't true though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm reading someone else's great ideas, but they're not my evidence, you know, my life. Yeah. And then, um, so I've started when i decide what I do want to be known as like, I don't have to be a procrastinator forever. That's not the reality. But if I add a bridge statement, like I'm learning to become, or I'm becoming, or I'm learning, I can give grace to myself that I'm not there mm. yet, but I'm not stuck. I'm yeah. actually on this journey and like can give, be, Kind and slow, but I'm still making progress and I'm committed to this. So those bridge statements have really helped me connect with the emotion of my aspiration. So Mm -hmm. I'm learning to become the kind of person who doesn't procrastinate. I'm rebuilding trust with myself and breaking my cycle of procrastination. Procrastination, you are no longer serving me. You protected me from failing for so many years. You gave me motivation for decades. I no longer need you to help me motivate myself to accomplish tasks or meet deadlines. I'm learning how to become the kind of person who can make a plan and hit a goal a little bit at a time. I don't need my back up against a, w- a deadline to lock in and get the work done. And then I remember when I did this at this point, I felt like really anxious saying mm. these things. And I, so I was like, so that's one of the things when I do, when I feel something, when I'm recognizing this, I'm like, okay, what am I feeling? So the anxiousness. Anxiousness that arises when I think of letting go of procrastination makes so much sense. I'm asking myself to let go of a tool I've used my literal whole life. Of course, that feels scary. I won't leave you without a tool, Jenna. I'm learning to use other tools for motivation and self-management. I won't just leave a hole in this area. Mm -hmm. I can give myself grace to learn and grow. So So the idea, like it's not exactly Dick Schwartz idea but Mm -hmm. the idea of not hating it wondering why it's there where did I learn it how did it serve me because it's interesting like I wouldn't have thought at all procrastination was serving me until this concept of an overburdened something so I'm like oh actually it got I did so much because I like people would be like but you, you they'd always when I'd say like I wasn't Disciplined, but they're like, you do so much and you always got good grades. And I'm like, well, that's because I would stay pull old nighters all the time. Mm-hmm. That's not a disciplined person, but realizing like, oh my gosh, like it it did help me get a 4.0 in high yeah. school and in college, but I don't need to, like the anxiousness and the overwhelm that came with it yeah. isn't worth it. And I know other ways, like I know I have upgrades. So mm-hmm. sometimes I literally will say, I don't need you anymore. I'll release you.
0: Yeah. And we actually want, we can, those parts of us aren't things that will need to like leave. They just need to be relieved of that burden. Yeah. And a lot of times you can ask, like if you do some of the internal visual visualizations, um, like you can picture procrastination um, and then thank it, you know, like, Hey, thanks for protecting me for so long. Like you really took care of me and I appreciate that.
1: I totally think of inside out.
0: Yeah. 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 Oh, totally. The Pixar movie. Um, And then you can say, a lot of times ask it, hey, if you didn't have to protect me, if you didn't have to protect little Jenna from uh, making mistakes or whatever it was, procrastination was actually protecting when you realize what that is, what would you want to do? And a lot of times you'll actually hear something like, I'd actually, I want to... I want to have fun, or I want to. I actually want to help you prioritize. Like, there's things that aren't that important. Mm. I want to help you go. Hey, this thing can wait. Mm. Um, there's other more important things right now, and that that role that part has a really good role to play. But when it's burdened, it comes with a lot of unhelpful stuff at the same time. Which is true for all of us. Actually,
1: <laughs> I was like imagining my oh, yeah. version of my burdened self. I'm like, oh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, anyways, yeah, it's been cool to see how helpful regularly processing my feelings and emotions and how much more bandwidth um it's given me
0: and then just not being contemptuous towards them, yeah, and instead going like, hey, these actually it's all it almost always makes sense. There's not much that your brain does that isn't helpful mm. in some way. Unless you have a mental illness, you know, like a literal diagnosable mental illness. Most of the time, even with anxiety disorders, your anxiety is there for a reason. And so getting to know what it's protecting in you is actually, and not being contemptuous towards it. I was
1: going to say, it feels like contempt sometimes is like a rote, like you hit, you're driving and you just hit like this big block of detour and all these like giant yeah. X's and lights. And you're like, okay, we're not going there then. So we're going to go somewhere else. So you like, when I feel contemptuous, I don't look beyond it. I'm like, oh, that just sucks. That's yeah. what, that's what I went out versus like, I wonder why it's there. What are they doing? Like yeah. all things, where that's when realizing that it was not helpful or that, sorry, self contempt didn't solve anything. Yeah. I think what I got was curious and didn't hate these, parts and thought realized there's something behind them mm-hmm. that it actually helped me get to roots of things. Yeah. And then it was like, Oh, Oh, that's what that's for. And yeah. I, I don't need you. And sometimes I will say like, as a kid, I needed that. That makes a lot of sense for you there, but mm-hmm. my adult self, I don't know if I said that in this one doesn't need it.
0: Yeah. I actually, I'm not actually in heart in, in danger. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, it's good thing that you learned that. Uh, the time that you learned at when you were young th- to protect yourself in that way, um, but when you're not in danger anymore, it's it's unhelpful. really just a it's really unhelpful. Yeah, yeah. so true. working on kindness,
1: yeah, on a deeper level. <laughs> a,
0: yeah, I, there's just lots of layers to the kindness. So in the
1: words of Macklemore, there's layers to this. Beep. It's tiramisu. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite line in this one called "Downtown." Yeah. So whenever we do karaoke, Aaron always. What's your go-to song? Uh,
0: yeah. Oh, I believe in a thing called love. Yes, by the he darkness. does
1: such a good job. He jumps off of like speakers, does epic air guitars. I can get
0: this high falsetto for that part. Oh,
1: he's real good. Yeah. And then I always do some Mac. Usually "Downtown" by Macamore.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <It's>
1: the weirdest <laughs> song, but it makes me laugh every time. So, anyways.
0: Anyway, oh, you know what uh, we wanted we we're gonna say is that we realize these late night, uh late nights for us because you're waking, we're both waking up early. Yeah, sex does not work late at night anymore
1: <laughs> because after the kids go down and we lay with kids, we're then we're then asleep. Yeah, it, we're actually,
0: much. Jenna was like, "Okay, you go lay with Audrey while I get the podcast stuff set up because you're like, all, I'm definitely gonna fall asleep if I go lay up there." I was like, "Yeah, you're right." Cut to twenty minutes later. I wake up and like, oh oh, crap! (laughs) I wasn't
1: sure this was going to happen, but you rallied. Yeah, I did. I
0: I ran downstairs. But
1: we. I think the interesting part was for a while. I think I kind of felt powerless and sad. Of like, what are we going to do? Because like, Aaron's going to be constantly sad if I don't rally. Because I think I had to tell you at one point, like, I want to have sex with you. If we don't make a plan and it doesn't happen by like 8 15, 8 yeah, 30, it's just,
0: I can't. Yeah, I'm just, because then you're fighting against this, like the anxiety of, Knowing you're going to wake up really and being so tired and or just falling asleep. <laughs> I was asleep. like, me
1: falling asleep? Yeah, I'm I know. Literally.
0: Guys, I am so good at sex and she still falls asleep. Oh, yeah, you I was like, even believe that, it. that
1: you're talking? That was my version <laughs> no, of something like, telling the men that are listening. Yeah. Anyways, no, it's so true. I would literally fall asleep and then that would be so painful. So I was like, I can't to you. I was like, I can't do that either. So yeah. we've actually been having lots of um, afternoon weekend sex afternoon delight <laughs> or the other day like we had a really busy um couple nights and i realized that we weren't going to be able to do anything so i was like oh that would be sad to then I don't actually foresee another time. So then I was like, "Hey, if you," I said, "If you could get home near five, uh, like close to five, sir, we could uh put on some bluey and sneak away." And I'm pretty sure no one would notice. The
0: Bluey's for the kids. It's not part of our four.
1: <laughs> nice, nice yeah. joke. Um, but then he sent me the the gif of um Forrest f- Gump running, running down <laughs> the room <road. laughs> to me Is at four fifty five
0: p.m. He was accurate.
1: Yeah. But anyways, I think the idea of like finding something that pivot like not being powerless that's the
0: iteration like having a contingency plan like oh you know what all is not lost because this didn't work there are are other ways to do this
1: it actually feels way fun to do it in the daytime too yeah I think I always have been tired (laughs) during night sex usually because I just fall asleep pretty easy and it's like in bed I guess if we just were crazy and did it places that were not comfy (laughs) yeah I'd probably still fall asleep (laughs) even standing up you would fall asleep yeah but that being said it's worked really well and I think it's made it more intentional for us to like build it in it's kind of become a habit yeah to our routine like okay which day when and then we'll plan around it and save TV so that
0: yeah save up the TV time for the kids so their
1: attention spans fresh so fresh and so clean, clean
0: yeah all right. Well, I think that's just about as much as I have in me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you did well, sir. You yeah, rallied thanks. with the best of them.
0: All right. Love you, babe. Love you. Love you.